I'm your host, Mike, and joining me as always... Hey guys, Brian. And we have another interesting film review coming towards you for you guys this week. Uh, Brian, this is your recommendation, and I know the last one I uh, really put off on you as well, but Brian, what are we going to be talking about this week? So we actually kind of have a, like a double feature plan for you guys today. We have Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island and Scooby-Doo and the Witch's Ghost. And I and I think that's this is something that's really uh, interesting to me because when we were sitting down trying to think of interesting things to talk about, somehow Scooby Doo came up. I think we were looking at your movie collection, and one of us said to each other, "Well, why don't we review Scooby Doo and not like the the theatrical films, but you know films that we actually enjoy and that we think are you know something that." many people might not have been talking about before uh that maybe it was a footnote of an episode or i mean i haven't really done much research but you know this would you know be different to talk about a cartoon and a children's cartoon so brian i think starting off you had the idea for me or you said to me what does scooby-doo mean to us and i think that's something that we should explore uh before we go into the uh, zombie island and witch's ghost because i think that <laughs> this really will impact how people enjoy these scooby-doo films so I, I guess i can start off brian so for me scooby-doo has always meant one word and that is nostalgia whenever i think back now scooby-doo was such a a staple cartoon for us growing up you know i remember when the two of us would just sit around the tv and our bright <laughs> yellow Scooby-Doo blankets watching a <laughs> shitty yeah. VHS tape that was recorded on CBS, so there'd always be a section missing out, there'd always be the VHS, you know, static lines that were through it, there'd always be, like, a quick cut to, you know, some night, or, like, early 2000s, late 90s, like, fast food commercial or something, and then... It would be a, a direct cut from when someone stopped recording, and then it'd be this this really uh, quick cut from when they hit record again. And then when we got older, we started actually our, our parents would buy us the full VHS copy. And then you know, and I just think that that is the essence of Scooby Doo for us. It's just nostalgia. Brian, what about you? Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned like our our ratty Scooby Doo blankets. I, they're still somewhere. They're probably in Maryland somewhere. Oh God, I remember those those stupid blankets. And we each had a cup a set for like one set for each twin. And I don't know if I necessarily. I mean, yeah, I guess like nostalgia would be putting it class as a classification. But I don't. I think the word that I would put it as closely associated with would be. I guess, like, beginnings, that sounds cliche, but, like, I remember we, and and this was interesting that I always kind of think about, is that we would have, we started appreciating movies, and not as, like, films, but just, like, as enjoyment, within, like, when we were, like, six to, like, eight years old, with all that collection of just, like, uh, VHSs we had, and particularly Star Wars, the three, the original trilogy, but I remember The Witch's Ghost and zombie island was something that was constant and and like annie and monsters inc those those films were always on in in the den where me and you would watch movies and i remember i'll never forget with the witch's ghost was the one where it was like recorded over like cable television news because i remember right when the hex girls would have their like musical number it would cut to like 
ER or something, and we'd always fast forward it, and then it would cut right as the end of the song would happen. So for the longest time, I actually never seen that musical number. Like the performance, yeah. Yeah, but I think it just, I think it ties further back to the start of our unconscious appreciation of film because those were, those were the films that I'm not going to call them films, but those were the movies that were at the beginning of all the, the hallmark films that we, that we watched in our, in our youth that really, I think unconsciously pushed us to a love of an appreciation of film that kind of died down in middle school, but then resurged in high school when we started getting exposed to like Tarantino and for me, like Sergio Leone and whatnot. So, and, and like Christopher Nolan, it's so I don't want to throw this word out, but like formative is also because I feel like Scooby Doo is also the basis of our humor because we quote Scooby Doo all the time. <laughs> yeah. Nothing here but us hams. Yep. Nothing here but us hams. You know, quit playing with the wildlife, Scoob. Like the, which is a zombie fog island sl- one. The fog so thick you can cut it with a knife. And uh, like it, like um, could my imagination cut it in half? <laughs> Oh, it's all right. You, you know. Oh it's yeah, just yeah. Like, they went that way. Yeah. It's it's just <laughs> it's just so formative. It's just like it's 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 the basis of our humor. And that you know, if if one of us is pushing each other's buttons, like to really de deescalate, we just throw one of these Scooby Doo lines out there, and it's just oh man, it, and it always it never ceases to not bring a smile to our face. It's like when we quote Tommy Boy. It's something is like so. And we watched Tommy Boy at a young age too, when we probably shouldn't have been. But it's just so ba- it's like so steeped into our histories and, and of who we are and our humor. So I, it's just Scooby Doo. Other than nostalgia, it's just I mean, yeah, formative really. And I yeah. think that it's just great. And it, and it just goes from the TV shows, these home movies, to the theatrical films. And they all range in quality and success. And I think it's fascinating about Scooby-Doo is the longevity of the show and how others from this time period didn't last. And I'm curious as to why. So why aren't we getting the Jetsons movies? Why isn't Johnny Quest being remade? And these are all shows that are awesome in their own right, especially Johnny Quest. It's a badass show. But... Why is it the show that had the budget of a ham sandwich that has this longevity that expanding what it was popular in the 60s it is now it's almost 20 it's 2019 almost 2020 like that's utterly amazing the longevity of the show so I mean I don't know if you have an opinion on that it's just kind of something I thought of before we started recording no, yeah honestly I am not the person to answer that question I just I guess the best of my abilities that it just like was caught in the zeitgeist and then just stayed there and just i mean even and it's really cool seeing because i remember about 2016 when our niece stayed with us and she loved the new iteration of what's new scooby-doo and i would watch that show with her and she would say like the scooby-dooby-doo like she would say that to me and it, and it's like that's what we would do when we were her age at about what seven or eight and it's just it, it's it's interesting seeing the generational uh, I guess connection with Scooby Doo even so much longer even so after even me or you or even when it was originally aired in the sixties I mean our niece didn't have me and you saying oh Scooby Doo is awesome she just watched it and then through that developed a love for it, just like we did so i guess it was i th- I think it just got caught in the zeitgeist of the 60s and 70s and then there and then 
I mean, maybe it's a cynic in me saying, like, oh, well, we can make a lot of money off of Scooby-Doo, and then we just happen to catch the good phase of it with these with these films like Witch's Ghost, Zombie Island, um, Cyber Chase, Alien Invaders, with these direct-to-DVD videos that were just, like, really outstanding. And, it, I mean, Scooby-Doo does have those cash grabs of, <laughs> you're like, why does this exist? I don't know what it's called, but there's... Like uh, a vignette, it's like a vignette series of Scooby Doo, of Scooby and Shaggy breaking away from the gang, and it's like Scooby trying to make it in Hollywood, and he's just like oh, doing yeah. these. I think it's like Scooby Doo, We Love You, or like I I remember that we would. But watch it's just that. like these. It's just like these vignettes of Scooby just like sucking, and then like the end of the film, and then it's like his uh, Hollywood. Uh, Ex- uh, the Hollywood actor or um, agent is just like, oh my god, these are horrible. You're just ruining my life. And then it's just like the end of it <laughs> is just like on top of the skyscraper where like the agent sits. And then there's this group of people, including Velma, Daphne, and Fred, just like Scooby Doo, we love you. And then he's doing the, you know, the the double hand uh, fist, like shaking over his head, like, oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah. And then he like, uh, I remember that. I don't remember what it was called though. But then you know you have like a pup named Scooby Doo, like the the really what's new Scooby Doo, I... yeah, yeah. So you know you have all these things, but then ultimately you go back to the the 1960s or these these direct to uh, home video cassettes, and you know you have a mixed bag of stuff. But we are <laughs> choosing to remember, and we were fortunately exposed to the stuff that. Or maybe it's just through years and years of repetition and just repeatedly watching these films. But I think that's why, I, I don't know, maybe we can answer this question of why is it Scooby-Doo. And so, Brian, which one, since this is your pick, your double feature, which one do you want to start off? Or how would you like to tackle this? One film at a time or kind of together? I think we should go one at a time. Yeah, no, I think we should go one at a time. And I think we'll just start out with the first film, which I believe is Zombie Island. Okay. Yeah. So, I guess best way because we've already talked about our history with it so that's kind of checked off i guess the next chapter would be to talk about with zombie island would be i guess like the general story with i guess how do we looking back how do we feel about it and because it is a it is a very different scary what have you story of of the new of a new iteration of scooby-doo at at least of this like direct-to-video uh uh, I guess video cassette tapes. Well, I just I just had this thought right now. What? So why did you want to pick these two films in gen in, in specific, and why do you have these two films in your movie collection? So why is Scooby Doo on, on Zombie Island and and Witch's Ghost sitting next to you know the Kubrick collection and Jacques Demy? Oh uh, well, I also oh well, I mean I also have more Scooby Doo. I mean I'm trying to buy the original 1960s on DVD. As I also own the Boo Brothers, and I'm trying to buy a few other Scooby Doo like Arabian Nights and the and the whatever that <laughs> one we were just talking about. Um, I think, I mean, just the, the essence of it is I want to show it to my kids if you're just trying to like get it to that aspect of it. But also I just, I, it just, it's more of a personal preference for me where it's just like, it's not because I, I put them on my shelf because I think they add to like this, like cinema as a whole. Like I do like with Kubrick or Jacques Demy or Sergio Leone or whoever, um, I just feel like it's it's more of a personal thing where it's like those are my those are my movies that I go to 
when I'm feeling down or I'm feeling sad or I just need to laugh, I know those will always give me those feelings and emotions. So it's not because they're like high art that I put them on my <laughs> on my shelf. It's because I just love them so much. Exactly. And so and that's just something that I thought of right now. Now I now since we're starting with Zombie Island, I think why that this and I think it's gonna echo a lot into Witch's Ghost, why this film or this movie really speaks to us is that it really kind of blends like real horror and like kitschy fun scooby-doo like humor to it because there's some like scary shit in both of these films and and okay so in nursing school right now we're talking about like pediatrics and and like how kid and how and i and i took a developmental psych class but you know how kids perceive stuff like it's just it's very literal there's very they don't have that higher you know cognitive thinking of like to separate that this isn't real that's why you know night terrors are so persistent in kids is because they're starting to develop that like higher end thinking but it's not like super well developed so they can't separate the separate the two so it's a lot of like imaginative thinking and you know why kids have um like imaginary friends it's because, you know, that's th- th- they're at that level. Why they use imagination. Like, imagination is super key. Or it's such a, like, a super, uh, what's the word? Like, it's, it's so impactful on their cognitive development. And I think, like, th- we had seen these films when we were at that age when imagination was super huge for us. I mean, obviously, imagination being content creators still drives us, which is why I think we still can enjoy these movies. But... At that age, there's some, like, scary shit in these films, and I think that just resonates with us as adults now, too. But starting with Zombie Island, and I guess I love zombie movies. Like, this may have been my first (laughs) introduction to zombies. You know, this was before The Walking Dead. This was before, you know, all all these, these new, this resurgence of zombies and stuff. So... Yeah, I, I, and I just think that this film really ba- or these two movies really balance cuz there because there are scenes when like uh so for example when Scooby and Shaggy in Zombie Island first meet the um the Captain Moonscar that's fucking terrifying. They're in this they're in this giant hole. This the skeleton comes crashing down when they find him and then like this this like voodoo magic reanimates him and it's it's not very it's not this like uh pop music like like what's new scooby-doo what's what's like where are you it's it's like when they're running through like that segment comes but like it's like orchestral and horrifying and they're scared like i'm like yeah shaggy and scooby aren't being cowards like i would shit my shit my pants too so i think that's why these these movies are like why we're talking about them yeah, no, exactly. No, I I totally agree with you. Um, yeah, no, it was it was definitely a, a formative. Yeah, no, that's actually it's a very interesting word they use like formative for us, and I totally agree with you with this this whole like dichotomy of scary scary stuff, but also as kids we could handle it, and it didn't baby us, it didn't baby you, but it was also like a, it was like a kind of like a PG, like, well, it was a PG Scooby-Doo adventure, but it was something more mature, and it was definitely treating your audience, a la 8-year-old Brian and Michael, with a certain degree of, I guess, intelligence that I, I guess I always kind of and loved respect. and appreciated. Yeah. 
Like, it's not, they're not treat, like, yeah, it's obviously meant for kids, you know, some of these jokes that are in there, but it's also treating children with respect that you can handle some, you know, adult stuff. Now, it's not like, uh, Watership Down where rabbits are getting brutally slain in front of you, but, you know, they are, they, they are, you know, the, the creators of these movies respect the audience all the every audience that is coming to see this film instead of you know talking down to them now i like i I, like for instance i think the minion movies are just solely like you see these commercials and you're like oh my god they think kids are just these stupid creatures that can't handle complex emotion which to a degree like yeah kids are stupid but if anything, another thing that's being reiterated in school is, you know, we don't give kids enough credit for how smart and how emotionally complex that they can ha- like they can handle stuff. So I think that's why these films are are very, you know, still enjoyable to today and why I think children if let's say we have kids in, you know, like let's say anywhere from 7 to 10 years, we could show them when they're uh, seven or eight, and they can enjoy them too. And the and the films are going to be like twenty years old at that point. So, uh, so specifically, specifically with Zombie Island, let's let's start there. So, the plot of this film, we have the gang. They, well, the film starts with like a regular like crusade, uh, like uh, mystery that they're in. Like, uh, oh wait, no, that is Witch's Ghost. I'm sorry. No, it starts off with the um with the with the moat monster or whatever. Oh, right, right, right. So or whatever so, that is. So exactly. So but isn't this like Daphne is trying to uh she's she has a new show and she's trying to you know, it's like uh ghost hunters or whatever and she's trying to find like actual evidence of paranormal activity. So the gang gets back together and they go uh, through they're in, like their their cross country uh, mis- myth mystery busting things where they go like through like I know like Louisiana in the South was like the big thing that they that they uh were touring. I know they went on like a riverboat. They went through like a a big lobster, which I'm assuming had to have been in Louisiana or something, or maybe it was like a Cajun thing. Like um, what is it? What are those crustaceans called? Oh, like crawfish? Yeah, crawfish or something. Because well, crawfish come back in this film. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but I'm just saying, like they go, th- they go through this whole cross country. Well, well, first the the film starts with like the gang being broken up, and then they get back together with um, with I I do remember like Scooby and Shaggy being like the contraband people, and they eat all the food, and then they get fired, and they're like, oh, maybe we'll starve, turn to skin and bone. And I always found that and, funny. And they're all like, and they just like after they ate all this food, and they're like as round as a basketball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then um no, but then they get all they all get together, get on the 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 groove and stuff. Um, filming the TV show Daphne's special of Haunted America or whatever it's called, and it's it's more of the trope of like, well, it's it's people in a mask and blah blah blah, and they get to um the uh, whatever stand they're at, which actually I will mention. Always watching these films, it always got me hungry for whatever Scooby and Shaggy was eating. Because with like in this instance, they were eating like this like f- like huge sandwich with like <laughs> sauce and peppers, and I'm like, oh man, that looks delicious. But the point is, they're eating it, and then um, they're shopping, and then this what's her name, Lena, 
says, mm-hmm. um, hey, like, I know this island. Like, I live on this island with ghosts, and it's real, so come to my island and investigate. And that's that. That's the offer that they that they take up, mm-hmm. and and then we get you know we get to we get there. We're starting to find out about this mystery of it. it it's like a plantation in the bayous of Louisiana, and it and it turned out well. We get the, the we get the interesting characters. We have the we have the boat worker who or like the ferryman. We have the the Lena the um the assistant. We have. Oh, what's what's the main woman's name? I forget her name. Miss Lenoir or whatever. Yeah, Miss Lenoir. We have you know like the the owner of the plantation, but then we have like the side character, you know, for kids of the fisherman and the wild boar, who was actually voiced by Mark Hamill. Yeah, which is in, which is just a cool side bit because that character does not factor in. And then we have Bo, the gardener, who is like you know the suspicious character who is. You know the the person we're supposed to be led to believe initially because he's acting all suspicious and and uh, kind of cagey and and very aggressive for no reason. But we found out from the history is that you know the plantation, what or like the the bayous were a, a hiding spot for pirates, and you know they you know they were they disappeared on the island uh, on these bayous and. And then, like you know, through the subtle or through the slow expansion of the mystery, we find out that the house is is built from the actual ship. Some janky shit starts happening. Like people start levitating. They can't control themselves, and and then zombies start appearing out of nowhere. It's it's and it's a slow build to you know the climax of the film. Yeah, no, it's it, even more so than just levitating. There's writing on the wall of beware. There's um, shaggy like civil sees. war ghosts. Yeah, which, which is always creepy to me as a kid, at least initially. Um, the, there's the don't quit messing with the wildlife scoop thing that we always reference. You know, when Scooby sh- looks at the owl. Um, more so of the food looking amazing, like the gumbo and the crawfish and the. And the and the biscuits light as a feather, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but no, but it's really cool, like how that even the, even that whole situation of like Scooby and Shaggy sitting in the in the mystery machine, and then like they they eat the peppers and they drink, and then the zombies start rising up. And you're like, oh my god, like what's going on here? Well, another thing. So when we get to the climax of the film, it turns out that uh, all like the Lena, the the I can't pronounce her name, the owner of the house. And the the ferrymen, they're all like cat people, and and they. Be, oh, so what had happened was they were settlers that were attacked by the pirates. They Who got die in a really viciously like. So the like, pirates come. Way. The pirates come and they chase the the settlers into the swamps, and then they get attacked and eaten by alligators off screen, of course. But you know it's implied, and so then they pray to this cat god of like the harvest or something and then they their prayers are answered they're turned into these cat-like werewolf creatures and they just slaughter the pirates and so with this curse they were gifted immortality but they have to give the uh like this the sacrificial like sacrifice and so that's what they've been doing they've been just bringing more and more people and they brought the ferrymen in to to bring people in and they're, you know, it turns out they're killing, like, the Civil War people. They're killing tourists that just been showing up, which is horrifying. And then, 
And so, you, you know, this this one Scooby-Doo film has a combination of cat people, ghosts, and zombies all in one, which is amazing. And then you get voodoo, and it, it, it's and, and, and that's the thing with the Scooby-Doo. I mean, the show ha- is always kind of based in that this is never real, and then the evolution to it might not seem real like an aspect of the mystery is obviously fabricated and not real but then there's always a supernatural aspect that is real and then we get the films which the supernatural i don't know like the theatrical films are their own conversation but we're talking about these films right here so we got into that evolution of half of it isn't real well this seems everything was real it from for the main plot like every all the supernatural stuff was real there was no hokery or trickery that was afoot there was no everything was real which i think is you know balancing that horror and you know fictional storytelling yeah i know exactly and so i'll do a little plug right here actually if you want to watch um an in-depth analysis of these kinds of films and what the commentary is go on youtube and go on a guy's channel called ryan hollinger Yep, he's a, he's excellent commentator. Yeah, excellent. He honestly, he'll probably have better things to say on this than we do, but you know, you'll you'll miss our little flair of dramatics with it. But definitely check him out after this. I guess we can put the link in the description or something um, to that to that to his channel or that video. But no, yeah, I agree. I literally just agree with everything you just said. <laughs> and 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 again, it's just it's just one of those great films of just. You know, you have, and it turns out the zombies are the good guys. Are actually trying to warn Scooby and Chat, or they're trying to warn the gang, like get away, get away. It's just, it's just one of these really interesting plot points that, again, respect the viewer and the audience, regardless of the age. They, they, they don't necessarily spell things out. I mean, they do because it's for kids, but they also, you know, they also don't say. It, they don't pull like what the the Fast and Furious writing of like oh this is what we're do- we're gonna do oh this is why we're gonna do that like it's not like spelled to a T like there is some room for investigating and thinking which is another thing I think which is why I think people enjoy Scooby Doo is because if you follow the mystery you can also deduce why there's no Deus ex machina that comes out of nowhere and saves the day like there's always something that I mean, there, there, there's, there's, there's plot contrivances, of course, but there's always something that you can deduce what's going on. Yeah, I think. Yeah, no, I agree with you. So with that, let's, uh, let's, let's jump into uh, which is ghosts real quick. So, and I think there's going to be some overlap of what our thoughts on this. And we already talked, we already briefly mentioned which is ghosts of you know watching it on the VHS. Only recently, like the last like two years, have I finally seen the whole film, including the Hex Girls performance which not that i needed that it's it's just a it's just a music video but it it was now i finally have com- completed witch's ghost but brian which one do you think is better now this isn't getting into ratings or anything but which one do you think is a better is more entertaining for you I'm personally a little, i'm a little torn because like we're from the northeast and so i kind of dig the the massachusetts um, pilgrim, fall, autumn, yeah, all, all, like colors of like orange, red, that kind of Americana. So it's weird. Like aesthetically, I love Witch's Ghost way better because it's just what we grew up at. Like we've been to villages and stuff and like little 
towns like that where they like churn the butter and stuff like that. But at the same time, I think Witches Go or not Witches Go Zombie Island is is a much better like conceptualization of the mystery of the story. Um, Then again, they don't have Tim Curry, but I I will say I will say I would say I would lean slightly. It's like it's like fifty one forty nine. Zombie Island, which is Ghost. Zombie Island slightly gets the nudge in the in, in for the plus, like for better. But which is Ghost is still awesome in my opinion. Maybe maybe one day we can do the uh, trifecta because I think the third film that completes this trifecta is uh, Alien Invasion because they tackle each section, uh, or I guess generalized regions of the United States and they both handle it in different ways. But we're not talking about alien invasion. We're talking about right now which is ghost. But yeah, I think that's that that that's an interesting point about the the iconography or not even iconography, just like the the environment that this location is in. It's something that we're definitely more familiar with. Nostalgia definitely hits it more. Uh definitely with the autumn colors changing the leaves. Totally reminds me of just the area that we're currently living at now in the fall. And growing up, but I th- yeah I I think I'm with you that the zombie island has the better mystery, and it's just mo- I think it's more engaging because there's just so much shit go- not shit it's just so much stuff going on, but witch's ghost has it's more of a I think it's more of a streamlined narrative like there's not like different things going on you know we you, you get in there with Tim Curry's Tim Ravencroft, I think is his name. He he enlists the help of the gang to help him. Well, under the guise of helping, uh, just like introducing him to or showing them their house and and helping them clear the name of his ancestor because she's her legacy is that she's a witch and that you know it kind of makes sense that they're supposedly you know the mystery the the mystery team they they solve mysteries and they get to the bottom bottom of it and an investigative of this area and then you get back and it turns out oh the witch is actually is here and it turns out that it's just a big uh town publicity stunt to try and get attractions but then uh uh-oh the ghost actually exists because oh its name is ben not tim uh ben ravencroft is actually trying to resurrect his long last ancestor who just reminds me of the Blair Witch, but just re- uh, resurrects his ancestor to, you know, gain ultimate power of the world. And, but, Brian, what do you have to say about Witch's Ghost? I think, I, I really do like the story. I think in terms of, like, Zombie Island is a little bit better crafted. I think it's a little more spaced out better. Um, I think, I mean, I think Zombie Island, I think it addresses the tropes much better than Witch's Ghost. But I, in terms of, like, the pacing, I do like the story of Witch's Ghost, of, like, the fake witches, the hex girls, like, the kind of the... The misdirects. And... Yeah, the, yeah, the misdirections of, like, of what's... Whatever the, the, the black-haired one is, like, huffing the, 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 the breathing stuff or vocal cords. You're like, oh, what's going on? And, and like, and the, I remember even as a kid, the fake witch was always creepier than the real one, honestly. Um, but, but then, but then you feel that, then you realize the, the fake ghost is, is fake. And then, and then the real one comes on. You're like, oh, like, like Ben Ravencroft is a warlock. And, um, and then in that whole, that whole last situation, we, it's like with the big turkey and it's like gobble, gobble, gobble. And like, I think, I feel like some of those jokes that we came, came from with that little interaction, 
Um, I think that the climax of Witch's Ghost is less horrifying because of, like, the humor that's in that's in it. And the humor works. Like, that's not what I'm saying. Like you said, the giant turkey, like, gobble, gobble, gobble. Or when, when Shaggy picks up a water pail and throws the water on the witch... And she's like, "What was that?" He's like, "You're you're not melting." It's like, "Well, there goes the Wizard of Oz." It's like it's like random stuff like that. It's so or, goofy at the end. Yeah, it it's not like like you said the the fake witch was more terrifying than the actual witch. The only thing that was pretty horrifying to me was when she, they get sucked back into yeah, the book. Yeah, I was gonna say that. And then the book burns like that. That's pretty horrifying. But that's thirty seconds at this you know fifteen minute climax not to say it's not entertaining that's not at all what i'm saying they just these climaxes you know tackle different themes you know with witches ghosts it's more goofy and and fun whereas zombie island it's zombies ghosts cat people the gang they have these little we forgot to mention they have their own like wax figures of themselves that these people made and they get pushed by the fire and they like start melting (laughs) Like, it's Indiana yeah. Jones. Whereas that, that's more, like, scary, where this is just goofy, Scooby-Doo fun, that it's not taking itself too seriously. And then you get those plot contrivances that the black-haired uh, hex girl is a Wiccan, and, and only a true Wiccan can, you know, send her back. And, oh, isn't that great that she's the only the only Wiccan in, like, a hundred miles is here. And, like, that's a plot. It's a, it's a cartoon. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that that's bad. That's not at all what I'm saying. I'm just saying that this is more goofy and fun and as opposed to scary <laughs> that, or it's not that Zombie Island's more scary, but to a child, I can imagine that witches go, or, Zombie Island is a little bit more intense of a film. Yeah. No, I agree. So that, I I guess that really, I I guess ultimately what we're trying to get at is that we have such an appreciation for Scooby-Doo and what it means and what these two films are and that they're just, you know, you can turn your brain off for these films and just, you know, smile at every joke that they have for and like we could just start listing jokes like one joke that we didn't mention in which is ghost when shaggy and scooby literally clean out the diner because they eat everything in sight and the guy has to run out and get more food because scooby and shaggy ate all the food you know jokes like that or or, you know scooby churning butter and then turns it into a air guitar or, or you know things things like that it's just they're they're both just fun movies I think ultimately is what we're trying to get at. Oh, yeah, that's ultimately why I wanted to recommend these films, is just introduce into this podcast and to the listeners something that like we really appreciate and love, and hopefully you guys can appreciate as well. I mean, I feel like everyone has grown up with Scooby-Doo, whether or not you like it or not. It's just something that I that I, that I that we wanted to appreciate, like show from our hearts and, and bring out there to you guys. Exactly, and so I guess to rate these films, we'll definitely do it out of 10, but let's change the, I guess, the meaning. So I feel like typically when we rate and recommend films, it's out of the 10 stars is more of like this high art, uh, really serious recommendation. Right now for Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island and Witch's Ghost, let's do it out of 10, but on like a funometer, essentially. Like how fun are these films from 0 to 10? For me, these are both 10 out of 10s. They're, they're just both 
so enjoyable, fun films. If I were to give them, I mean, they're both A pluses. Like these are these are the essence of why Scooby Doo is so successful. Uh, they they are you know you have the '60s show, which is just fun and kitschy, and you know it's it's just a little fun little mystery that they really just quickly put together, and and it's a product of its time. But here with these with specifically these two direct to DVD or home uh, releases, they are just so much fun. Ten out of tens on the on the funometer, I guess you could say. Can't can't recommend these enough. It's it's just great. It's just to turn your brain off and enjoy a Scooby Doo adventure. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, I feel like it's it wouldn't be fair to put it on like the same caliber as as whatever previous films we've discussed. It it just because simply they are not on the same caliber because they're just cartoons and for kids. So yeah, no, I I like the idea of the funometer, and I would give a resounding ten out of ten for both films. And I will go further on to my what I recommended to my girlfriend. Absolutely, obviously. Actually, I I brought those two films to watch with her, but then one thing or another, we didn't get a chance to watch it. So now she's visiting L.A., so unfortunately we won't get a chance to watch it uh, before this airs. But absolutely would recommend this to my girlfriend to watch these two films. They are awesome. Yeah, so that... With that, guys, that concludes our final our thoughts on a Scooby-Doo. I think this is our shortest episode. Yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. But either way, that concludes our thoughts on uh, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island and Witch's Ghost. Uh, thank you, Brian, for bringing these to our attention. I, I, <laughs> we, it was about time that we that we brought you know something, something that wasn't as considered high art and just more fun. You know what I mean? Yeah, and more nostalgic. Yeah, exactly. So. Well, with all that, guys, that concludes this episode of Amateur All Tours. You can follow us at a, uh, on Twitter at All Tours Pod or email us with any comments, questions, or concerns at the Amateur All Tours Podcast at gmail.com. Once again, just thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time, so thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Amateur All Tours. Cover design was created by Sarah Jacobs. You can find more of her work at our own site and Instagram, Digital Adventures. Opening and closing theme, Dreams, was created by Joachim Karid, which was found using a Creative Commons search. As a small plug, go check out both Joachim's and Sarah's work. They really deserve it. All content discussed and shown is the property of their respective owners and is used under the Fair Use Act, Section 504C2, Title 17. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. We are working hard to bring you all new content and episodes. So thank you again, and we'll see you next time.